what does a friendship mean to you? Just brothers, brothers. Being there for him all the time. But I think me and you touched on this when I called you. Okay. I had a long conversation about it. I actually went back to speak to my brother. Okay. On, on, yeah, on our conversation. What did he say? The guy was like, because you know how me and you had an argument yeah. about that, about saying how, obviously, certain friendship group only shows... Certain aspects. Certain aspects. Yeah. And I think he was saying that it's important to have the time and the space to have fun when you need mm. to have fun, mm. to do the serious stuff when you need to do the serious stuff. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. For me, that's how I sort of channel the whole friends and boys and this, that. Having a difference of when it's time to have fun, let's have fun. When it's time for us to be serious and talk about, you know, finances or whatever, you can do that. Mm. Yeah, so that's the way I see it. See that, yeah. When it comes to our friendship group, what I will say with that is that as we evolve and grow, how we have fun should evolve and grow as well, shouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. We're reaching new areas that we haven't reached before. Mm. We have more uh, capacity to accomplish more places and go places where we couldn't go. Mm. Yeah, so when it comes to fun, there's never, do you not think there should be like a level of majority that's injected into the fun? Yeah, you could say that. You could say that. You could say that. But I think it's about finding the right balance there. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? I hear that. Obviously, there's time and a place to do that. And then there's other times where, you know, you've got to have the serious aspect. I think we actually spoke on it. Mm. A lot of the time within our group, it's just fun, 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 fun. We don't have that other side to it. Yeah. But then we've got to psychologically know within the group, mm. ah, cool, you know what? Like, we've got to level up. Yeah. Like, we've got to have different aspects within the group that would help everyone else. Mm-hmm. The good thing about this group is that, like, regardless what we do, like, we can be in the matter situations and we can still find the humor in that. But I think, in that sense, we don't we, we don't need to lose that because that helps a lot. If yeah, you get I what agree. I'm trying to say. I agree. But then on the flip side, the problem is because we always try and find the humor in everything, we get rid of the seriousness in a lot of serious situations. And then sometimes it causes frustration. So, for example, someone might voice their opinion. Everyone's doing kakakai, mm. and now it's like, oh, that's where people are like. Uh, there's no point in speaking anymore because these guys are just taking the mick out of me. Mm. That makes sense. No, so no, in that sense, what Cab said is about finding the right balance. That makes sense. Mm. But then for us, the only way for us to find the right balance is to practice it. And the only way we can practice it is if people can like distinguish when it's a serious conversation and when it's a not so serious conversation. I think that's something as a collective we need to work on a bit more because we don't. Cool. With that, I'll say this, yeah. Personal experience, when we first started the group, I was a lot more insecure than I am now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our first trips were in, we're playing away, getting accustomed. I wasn't very match sharp, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I had to come and compete. Remember when uh, your first couple of years of MK? Yeah. Where you just put you in and then you have to just compete. <laughs> if you know what I mean? That was one fresh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this girl. Yo. Yeah. But like the first couple of holidays, it's just a mindset change. So I'm realizing that the man that I'm walking around confident and shit, man can't be insecure like this. Uh, uh. If you know what I mean? So when it comes to a friendship, for me, it's iron sharpens iron. Uh. I mean, surrounded around people that hold you accountable and motivate you to do better. Uh. I do agree with you when it comes to the enjoyment aspect, because you do need to relax and de-stress. Uh. And that's one thing we're good at. We're really, we're really good at that. If you know what I mean, building uh, to enjoyment. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, one thing that I will say about that is that um, to go back again to the conversation I did have with my brother. Obviously, he also said something about like how often do we practice even at home, like the simple stuff. What do you mean? Like say like with our parents. Like when was the last time would you say like your mom or your dad just had a serious conversation with you? Just oh, outside of do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, regularly. It's an issue as well. That's mm. not just within friendship groups. Mm. It starts from home as well. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? How much do you think our individual's upbringing and what they see in the environment when they're young affects how they interact when they're older? Yeah, it's big. It's big. I think it's so important, but it's like, we don't realise it. We we don't think about it. We just want to have the fun side of things. We just want to enjoy ourselves. We want to do this. We want to do that. But we don't realise that. It's the little things, like just, just a simple conversation with like your mum, your dad, just asking, like, just, not even asking serious questions. In terms of that, uh, what I would say is the most important thing even I've learned as a kid and now the fact that I'm an adult and sooner or later I will have my own kids myself. Me trying to build them as and help them as much as possible so that when they're older, all they need to worry about is life. They don't need to worry about the other stresses of, of things that I've put on them as a burden. Mm-hmm. So in terms of you talking about characteristics and things like that, I would hope that I'm good enough as a parent so that my kids only take my good characteristics. You get what I mean? They only take my the good the good things that I've left with them. Mm. I wouldn't want them to take the bad things that I've left with them. I think, in my opinion, something even going from that, some of the quick segue, I think something I said growing up is when I have my kids, I'm never going to argue in front of them. Just because of the fact of I don't see a point, in my opinion, of you showcasing your emotions with your other half in front of your children. Mm. That's mm. not something that okay. they that's not something that they should see. When I think when a kid and when kids see that 24-7, it either builds a little bit of resentment inside them towards certain types of people mm. or it builds a certain emotion of more, I'll say, anger of, mm. of yeah, they think it's that's normality to them. As mm. in like your son now sees you as your as his dad always getting angry at your wife now he thinks it's normal to now have the right to shout and uh, a female because he he's does seen that in his relationship exactly and he yeah. does that in his relationship because he's seen his dad do it his whole life now in terms of when you're speaking about friendships it's like me as a child if i now never speak to my parents as kobongo was saying i now i now never speak to my parents and you know I'm quite closed off. closed off. I go into my friendship group now. I might still be the exact same, even though Kobongo will be like to me, yo, like, PK, we're like, what's wrong? Like, what's been going on? If I'm naturally like that because of how I was brought up, now in the friendship group, I won't want to talk to Kobongo about mm. certain things when he actually wants the best for me. Mm. But the way I've been brought up has now affected the way I am as an adult. I agree with that. Now, when it comes to my interactions with friends and people in general, I realize that not a lot of people are active when it comes to analyzing themselves and determining which habits and mindsets they have that they just picked up from the environment. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when I was younger, the environments I grew up in developed like an anger in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I then for a large stretch of my teens and early 20s, I'm just angry. Mm-hmm. And then I just say, that's who I am. But it's not who I am because... When I get into my mid-twenties, I get rid of it. But when did you realise that? Assess yourself and realise, like, you know what? Like, this is an issue. I think it was French, certain friendships I had and certain relationships I had, I was just being triggered over petty shit. I okay. didn't, I was, I was thinking it's childish. If you, know I mean? you know when you're just overreacting yeah, yeah, and overreacting, yeah. like, it's just easy for people to push your buttons. Mm. I had to sit back and think that this is getting long if I'm arguing all the time. It's just mm. stressful. Mm. I mean, at this point in my life, I'm reprioritizing really not dealing with stress. Mm. 
because a large part of my upbringing and the environments I grew up in was very stressful. Mm. How stressful was your upbringing? No, it's, it's pretty much the same like uh, you. I mean, um, for me, for me, it wasn't like when I was young, it wasn't much to do with stress. Obviously, I was born in Cameroon. My mum did a good job, obviously, to bring up me and my brothers and my sisters quite mm. well. It was actually quite stress-free. All I did was just wake up, go outside, play football on sand, by the way. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, nah, it was good. Um, the only thing that I would say on what you touched on mm. is that you realise that yourself. What I've sort of had to go through and sort of having studied sort of like my life and what I've experienced through my parents and things like that, I've had to do a lot of self self-development. I've had to do a lot of sort of self-knowledge i don't know what other what, what what other people would say in terms of how it's been in their sort of household but i think this is an issue that's within the black community mm. like you see how like a white home like they would have certain conversation like the love like you mm. see that it's just like nice and connected mm. whereas a black home a lot of the time like it's tough like it's tough to have that mm. togetherness to have that love to have open conversation to help certain individuals learn stuff do you know what i'm saying like mm. certain traits like a lot of the traits that i know now i've had to sort of develop that myself through my own sort of insight because I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was listening to some podcasts on YouTube. I can't remember. And then they had this conversation. Do you not think that that's because obviously our parents are first generation Africans that came to Europe? My thought process when, when I actually deeped it was the reason why potentially we may not have these conversations is because they're so bent on keeping African culture and traditions that they were raised on with us because they don't want to paraphrase like mm. in brackets, lose us to this European mentality. Whereas, like, for example, and basically what I'm trying to say is that it's not normal in an African household to have a conversation about emotions and to have a conversation about how to deal with stuff. And in an African household, you're upset because you're upset, deal with it. Mm. Whereas, like, because they're bent and that's how they're raised, you know, like the saying of you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like, I feel like sometimes African parents, because they're so bent on keeping that tradition and culture, if they sway left and try and do things differently, in their mindset, potentially it could be that we're losing our children to a different, like, tradition. But to counteract that, I would say there's a difference. Mm. Obviously, our African parents have grown up in a different type of environment. Whereas we, we've, we've all grown up here, like our life's here. You're going to find a partner most likely here. You're going to have life here. You can't have that old African mindset, that old, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I that. there's a change. I think... Um... In terms of what you're saying, in terms of the upbringing and things like that, there was a there was a tweet that a mate of mine put out on Twitter. I think it was yesterday, and I've always said this, and I stuck by it. So I'm just gonna read it out quick, and it basically says, "I didn't grow up having role models. I grew up having people I didn't want to be like, and seeing situations I'd never want to be in. Not all of us are dealt the right cards, but that doesn't mean you can't reshuffle your deck for a better outcome." Now, in terms of when I see that. I've always said, and even when we have these Don't conversations, that, yeah, Femi, Femi, Femi CEO, that's his uh, his Twitter. Um, yeah, give him give him a little follow. Mm. But yeah, in terms of that conversation and what he said in that tweet, the reason why I agree with it so much because even when we have conversations, I've always said to you, my upbringing, our, up, our upbringing, Kabongo's upbringing, we can all agree that the best lessons we got from it is you seeing how you would do things differently when you're older. Mm. Everything that happened to you or you saw in the flesh has now molded you to when you're older, you're going to do it completely different. Yeah. So that's the best lesson you could actually receive mm. of it's a blessing in disguise. 
a father is also a man mm. and a mom is also a, a woman. The issue that we make with our culture is that they somehow blend the two into one, but they're two different roles. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, just yeah. because you have a kid doesn't mean you stop being a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which means that you see the problems that you developed growing up and the trauma you developed and how you adapted that. Just because you have a kid, that doesn't disappear. Mm. If you know what I mean. So you have parents that historically, they don't know how to communicate. And when they have kids, the kids will not know how to communicate because they're not taught how to communicate. You have parents that don't know how to manage emotions. So when they have kids, the kids are not going to know how to manage emotions because they're not taught how to manage emotions. So when you say, uh, where did I learn the self-analysis thing, yeah? And PK says, a lot of our lessons is doing the opposite of what we've seen. Mm. That's where my self-analysis kicked in Mm. because Mm. I didn't want to be like something. So I had to learn how to not be like that something. And I found myself becoming that something. So I had to... Like in my 20s, I've had to pull away and tear everything apart. That's the period of time when I left the church and shit. Mm, mm, mm. Let's touch on that. <laughs> well, me leaving the church. No, no, no. The whole, I want to know how that was like. That period of time. Yeah. Uh, that period of time, I realized, that was the period of time when I, when, when I cut my wrist. During that period of time, I was very angry. Okay. But the only thing I felt was anger. Just oh, anger wow. all the time. The type of ones where I would just overreact over everything. Now, the con the wrist thing was to feel something that wasn't anger. Once my parents saw it, they, they got a uh, pastor to pray for me and deliverance and shit. So I never done that again because I'm delivered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was dawning on me that uh, I was outgrowing my environment, mm. but I didn't like who I was. So I'm a firm believer that if you want to reach a new stage of development, you have to put yourself in a new environment that forces you to up your game. Mm-hmm. So, th- so the way I've always seen is I remember seeing these two playing football and when they, they're thrown into a, n- a new team and they just have to compete and excel. I do that with life and just put myself into an environment and I just have to, I have to up my game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I realized I had to leave the church because the church wasn't helping me to uh, eliminate weaknesses in myself. Okay. My ability to uh, control my emotions, my ability to be honest with myself, self-reflection, and hold myself accountable. I didn't feel the church was helping me to do that. So I had to leave and find other tools. So, you know, when you say that, did you not have, you know how obviously there's like a, there's obviously like the pastor, the bishop, whoever, mm-hmm. and then there's obviously people below him. Mm-hmm. Were they not people below that that were dealing with individuals within the church that say had issues or did you open up about it or was it something that just wanted them to realize and see that in you and then they help you out initially i didn't say anything to anyone i had poor communication back then very poor communication so my superpower was repressing it and holding shit down Mm. Yeah, so I didn't say anything. Secondly, the people that I respected left. Oh, so okay. growing up with me, my issue has always been the I don't have role models thing. I don't have olders. Mm. I've, from very young, I I instilled that mentality that we're equals. There's no one above me, if that makes sense, mm. yeah, type shit. Yeah. So when it came to the things that Giz and Pika are talking about, from young in the church, I could peep that it's smoke or mirrors. Because if you put us on a, on a level playing field, I'll smoke any of these people. But because they have a title that doesn't mean anything, now they're acting like they're above man. If okay, not, it doesn't make okay. sense. Okay. Like that's fucked me up in, in in corporate life as well. That mentality because managers try and g check you, but they earn fifty p more than you. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when it comes to the people not being what they rep, church really taught me that lesson. It taught me the lesson of it's better to go 
into the practice and get the stripes get the stripes there's no point cutting corners and trying to look the part because in the long run that'll be so stale so like mm-hmm. i remember my experience when i was younger i remember when i was growing up do you remember bebo bebo myspace yeah yeah <laughs> now even when it came to uh <laughs> <laughs> what what? even when it came to like blackberry messages and shit yeah i was behind on that i was even behind on insta i'm when it comes to technology and shit social media i'm so on that shit yeah mm. so like when i came here in my 19s 20s 21 i'm actually coming outside for the first time and i'm interacting with like outside world okay, so okay. i made a bag of mistakes during those years yeah it's an option i didn't know because of the fact that i didn't have an older sibling in a way to help ask certain questions for so yeah. i had to do trial and error the current stage of life that you're in yeah what's your biggest weakness slash issue for me i'll say how self-critical i am of myself okay. I've, I've never ever appreciated not i wouldn't say appreciate is the wrong word i've never ever sat down and okay i'll use appreciate i've never sat down and appreciate the journey I've, I've been on and how far i've come from where i am it's a good and bad thing it's a good thing because i'm, I'm worried about getting to where i want to be the end mm-hmm. goal it's a bad thing because you don't value how much work you've actually put in but then in all fairness i've always viewed it and it will never change just because it makes me work that much harder at the end of the day my kids can't eat off an empty plate so true as long as i keep doing what i'm doing and i earn as much money as i can from my job and for me the me earning as much money as i can from my job is more important than my legacy because my kids can't live off my legacy they can live off the money that i'm gonna leave behind for them I'd say my biggest weakness is, but it's a strength as well, is that I'm very stubborn. True. And so the reason it's a weakness is because if I make up my mind on something and, I'm, and, I, and I've said to myself, this is what's going to happen, I don't care who you are, like you can't convince me otherwise. Mm. But on the flip side, it's a strength because it's gotten me to where I was. These two know the industry that you're in that as in us that we're in sometimes you have to be stubborn in the sense of you need to have a bit of a delusion like no matter what people say if you believe in yourself you have to just stick out there you need to work hard and then what will be will be and like the fruits of your labor will flourish in hindsight until i sit down and think about it i could be being a complete prick but i've made up my mind and this is what's going to be and until i actually sit down and reevaluate this the conversation or the situation i could be totally wrong but then that's why it's like a double-edged sword my biggest weakness such issue is that i have this distancing thing idea mm, amen. i have this distancing thing i do so mm. in the past because i was insecure i've been relationships in which if you want to be my boy i'm going to do everything to keep you even mm. if you're moving like a prick so now at the stage i am i'm not doing that so the issue i'm finding that i'm i'm trying to stop myself from going to the other extreme where i just cut myself off completely mm. so i'm trying to walk the middle ground where i'm not taking bullshit i have to not be so difficult on people so that's my biggest issue is in the sense where, you know, like when you have an open wound and you get defensive, I'm kind of like that. But, you can ask a question if you want. Huh? You can ask a question if you want. That's a bad thing. That is a bad thing. I think. It is a bad thing. A really, really bad thing. Well, my distanceness. Yeah. Why is it? Because like you said, you touched on before on how you didn't have people around you. Mm. Now, moments are there where you could potentially have people around you. It's like what he touched on. If you, if you don't have that, like you're not going to be able to have those conversations mm. on certain things. Mm. So I see it as a bad thing. I see it as a bad thing because now you're sort of limiting yourself from giving yourself the opportunity to develop friendship. Do you get what I'm saying? Like mm. you're just, do you do it openly? Would you say Or do you do it secretly? Or I do, do it secretly. So what? Do you make it known to them? Like, ah, cool. You guys like, obviously this is why I'm taking my distance because of this, this, that. Or is it something that just happens? 
So, for example, I'll get into an interaction with an individual. For example, you lot are different. This is a change I've put into place now going forward. So relationships in the past, I have to tweak society, but it's not big changes. But going mm. on, going forward, when it comes to relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic levels, they have to meet me and my standard. I mean, That's that, crazy. They have though. to meet me on how I communicate and how I perform because I've done the meeting them at their standard and you just get a headache. But do you not get to a point where you, you're just honest and you have that conversation before you just, before you just separate yourself from them or... You know, do you get what I'm saying? Like, do you not have the conversation or do you not at least help them realize this? I had the conversation. You're at a different, do you know what I'm saying? I had the conversation and I give time to observe behavior. But Mm. after a while, I have to make a change because I have to enforce my boundaries. So, for example, the the mistake I used to make in the past, I'll give too much time. So yet again, as I said before, my biggest issues are right now I'm recalibrating. So because I'm recalibrating, sometimes I might make decisions that sway too much in one direction because I'm I'm redefining what my uh, medium is, what my middle is. Mm. When it comes to that, I agree with you. You can't just cut shit from the first potential issue. So I'm Mm. learning how to do that. Sometimes I fuck up, if I'm being honest, when it comes to that. I think communication is so important. I mean, you can have a style of doing things. Mm. Have you had the time to have to communicate the issues? Like, have you helped them realize that you sort of, you know, surpassed their like standard of uh, I don't know how to work? Do you know what I'm saying? No, I hear that. I hear that. But the issue with that is like, for example, yeah, if you take communication, so in my experience, when it comes to the dating field and the women I've interacted with, or anecdotal evidence I've gotten from the people around me and the people they have interacted with, I can see that communicating is an issue. Hmm. When it comes to society in general, yeah, yeah, when it yeah. comes to people saying what's really on their mind hmm, and saying hmm, what hmm. they really want or don't want. Hmm, yeah. Hmm. So That's when you true. get into a relationship, also I find that dealing with trauma and dealing with past hurt is also an issue. People carry a lot of baggage. Hmm. So you enter into a relationship where baggage is being carried and people are not communicating. It, it just catches a lot of frustration and, and uh, cuts in relationships like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm learning that I need to get better at calling red flags at the beginning and not letting something drag on and then two months down the line I'm now talking about something that I've overlooked for two months so I'm like that I didn't when I have the conversation initially if I don't like how that conversation goes then I cut it yeah no no I hear you I hear you I think when you when you say it like that you're right in that sense because even I can even use that example like in relationships say for example if your partner does something that you dislike you've got to address it now you've got to have a seriousness in the way that you address it Mm. right there and then on the spot Mm. in order for the same mistake to not occur again again. Mm. do you get what I'm saying so Mm. It's how you communicate, but then you've got to show some sort of seriousness because mm. a lot of the times when people communicate their issues and it's hard as well. Maybe I don't know in terms of what environment these friendships were before, mm. but if a lot of the time it's just jokey, 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 it's going to be hard for you to go from that to, to you being serious. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? I hear that. What's your answer? But to answer you, I'll probably say just learning to be grateful. I would say that that's my biggest issue and just celebrating like the good moment. I think that's something that I've sort of realized recently. Like I struggle, I struggle. Like you can hand me a gift. You you could have thought hard about it and whatnot. Like 
I just struggle to just to just appreciate it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm. I don't because of obviously sort of like my upbringing and things like that. I don't know, and maybe that's had an effect on how I see things. But the way I've been brought up, because it's been a lot of sort of self work and sort of self development, I feel like I did as if I don't have the time to sort of celebrate the good moments to okay. like appreciate like the little things like the gift mm. and whatnot I always work, think always working yeah yeah mm. like I don't I don't think I have the time to sort of appreciate mm. the little things I will say that if I was to answer the question for all three of you individually I'll give different answers mm. I will say that when it comes to you you have a tendency to overlook shit yeah yeah, so you will see something and you wouldn't say anything and you'll overlook it. And sometimes that can leave stuff to get to the stage where when you do speak, shit's falling apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You sometimes, PK, sometimes your perspective might be skewed and you don't factor that into you when you're making the decision. Because the way you see stuff can be over-reliant from your position. I would make a, a Naruto reference, but you don't like anime, so it would be no point. But it's like... <laughs> imagine seeing the same object from different positions because i would say that for example because of the environment that all three of you grew up in i can see your strengths as positives and negatives so with the fact that but all three of you leaned into both directions i agree because for example pk was always the youngest around oldest okay even yeah, from yeah. young he was always the youngest around oldest so even when we're playing football it'll be like prison ball and he's small so mm. it'll be like proper physical football yeah and then just take the higget up take the higget up so with that i understand the self-reliance about i make the decision so i get that gideon i will say the stubbornness i understand that as well because the environment yet again we grew up in was a type of environment in which forces you to develop a hardness mm. but why 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 is that why did the environment force you to develop a hardness like how can environment have such a toll on on the way you are as a person if we all look back to Dublin in every school year that we were in mm. correct me if I'm wrong maximum whether it was 60 80 70 whatever kids maximum maybe 4 black kids in every t football team we were in maximum 2 that's max so now you need to be a bit hard Mm. Because, for example, the light will go off. Oh, okay, kids, where are you, mate? Yeah, yeah, those ones. Do you like, understand? No light. Like stuff, stuff like that, where it's like, and the problem is, especially in Ireland, people are open. People won't bite their tongue. So if they find something funny, they'll just keep saying it. So imagine if you don't like stuff like that. The problem is, if you bite now, in the sense of you bite, showing them that it's affecting you, they're going to keep doing it. So now you have to learn how to bite in different ways. And then now, you, when they do it, if you become aggressive, they stop. If that makes sense. No, no, I hear that. I would agree with that description as well. When it comes to like society, uh, socially, you don't get rated for complaining about stuff because they call that bitching. So you have to come aggressive. Yeah, but when you come aggressive, that has a tendency to now become an overreaction. 100%. Yeah, so I agree with that. But then the problem is, based on the environment we're growing up, we grew up in, it's better for me to overreact than to not react and get taken I piss off. I would agree as well. And that's where the, the action developed because I would agree, based on the environments we did grow up in, an overreaction is better than no reaction. An overreaction is better than a, a side reaction as well, to be honest. Yeah. Because at least with an overreaction, like for, they know that you'll take it all Yeah, over. you'll take it there. Because like yeah. for example, on the island, obviously it's been a long time since we, we grew up there. But when I grew up, any problem you have, you fight. So now, when people are like to me, why do I like blah, 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 blah. That's how I grew up. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And that, that's for everyone. Now, when I say everyone, I mean like in terms of youth. Mm. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about youth. In terms of youth in Ireland, when we were growing up, any problem you have with anyone, you meet him, you fight. Mm. And that's how you handle stuff. 
So you have to swing it out. If you don't swing it out, you've backed out. It's your, it's you. You've lost. You've taken the L. You have to. And so because you you grow you you we grew up with that mentality. Now even little stuff like for example with me, when I feel like my back's against the wall, straight away I get defensive. Whether that's by my tone, verbally, by my aggression, is because but that's all I know. Mm. And the problem is, it's hard to change your attitude when you're young when you're younger now. We could go back to what we were saying before at the beginning when we were talking about um, how you are, the things you see as a kid mm. affects you when you're older. Because that, that, if you see something over and over again, as we said, builds mm. anger in you. When we, whenever we speak about kids, what do we always say? Yeah. Short-tempered. Yeah. Now, in terms of that, we've always said that's a problem because all it takes is for you to be short-tempered with the wrong person mm. and that won't end well. Mm. We've all noticed, as you said, I think with kids, the stubbornness thing, I'll change that to short-tempered. If I was to change it for him, Gids like I, I see Gids like a Jack Russell. You poke a Jack Russell once, he already he will start getting angry. Jack Russell. A Jack Russell. That's a small dog. <laughs> 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 no, because I no no because like nah, Gids is like you Gids is like you poke him once, mm. he's already angry. Whereas there's certain dogs, you know, you you keep poking for a very long time before they get angry. When they get angry, they're gone. Whereas Gids never really gets gone when he's angry, but he just gets angry very quick. Now the problem with that is it ruins your judgment on things. Mm. because there's certain things that you waste your energy getting angry on that you shouldn't even be getting angry on mm. and me and Kabongo have always said this to kids there's certain things that he gets angry about and we're thinking why are you even getting angry about that but then with his personality of how he is that's what we've understood as a group that's how he is so we need to work around that unfortunately we can't change that because that's something he's learned from a kid so we can't change that characteristic that's inside of him. All we can do is work around it. In all fairness, the best thing about it is even when we go back to the friendship group is learning everybody's own personality. Mm. Everybody's different. The way I would speak to Cab is not the way I would speak to you. The way you'd speak to Cab is not the way you'd speak to me. Because everybody, you need to understand the difference between everybody. There's certain things that Cab could do to me that I would laugh about. There's certain things that if he'd done one of them to Gids, Gids would get angry straight away. But then Cab has understood that. So he would never do the things that he does to me to Gids. Just like Gids would never do the things he does to me to Cab. Mm. It's just about understanding each and every person, understanding what works for them and how it works. Mm, okay. You see, with us, yeah, I'll say this here based on what Gid said. I technically, I agree with that, but I have a disagreement with one aspect of what he said. What you learn from when you're a kid, you can change that at any time. You're a kid for a certain period of time, your adult years are your longest stretch of years. So people are running with the excuse that because I was like this when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, is not the reason why you need to still be like this at 50 and 60 and 70. I agree. What you're saying is right. But then to go back to his point when he said he's learning from a kid, that's how he is now. If you stop it before it gets toxic, you're mm -hmm. fine. If you keep doing the exact same trait over and over and over again, it's too, it's going to get to a point where it's too late. Mm -hmm. Example, as a kid, let's say your parents don't teach you to have manners. Mm -hmm. Don't teach you to show people respect. Don't teach you to say your thank yous, your, ple your pleases. You do that your whole childhood you get to 23 now and like an old person holds a door for you or something like that mm -hmm. or anybody holds a door for you mm -hmm. you don't know them you just walk straight through because you're used to what you've learned all the way through as a kid now yeah i agree you could have changed that at any point because right is right wrong is wrong mm -hmm. so you would have known i need to be respectful mm -hmm. i need to have manners but then if you don't sort out that trait as early as possible the mm -hmm. trait sticks with you and it's it's very hard to get rid of if we're gonna play this this thing that you were doing with, for me, 
one of your biggest um go ahead go ahead <laughs> go yeah. ahead one of one of your for me the big your your biggest one your biggest what was the word you used big weakness or issue. biggest weakness or issue is that you're an overthinker okay for me yeah yeah and now the reason I say that is, and this is where I bring it back to the childhood. Before I say this, you're right. You can change it. However, if we just take the example of learning a new skill, mm. it's easier to learn a new skill when you're younger than when you're older. You, it's, it's still possible, mm. but it takes a lot more effort mm. in the sense of when your back's pushed against the wall, unless you consciously keep practicing, no, 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 you'll go back to what you know. And that's what I'm saying. Now, for example, for you, when stuff used to happen when we were younger, whenever stuff would happen, the person that, would, that had to take control of the situation was you. So now in terms of the thinking and, and organizing and blah, 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 it was you. It wasn't PK and it wasn't really me. Now, for in that in that sense alone, you can develop the habit of overthinking because now you're trying to be perceptive to everything. You're trying to break down everything. And sometimes stuff is just what it is and you don't need to break it down. And then that's where the overthinking for me comes. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? No, I hear that. I hear that. And this is a good thing. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I, I'm assuming for Kobongo. But for me and PK, this is something that we've developed. But the only reason we've developed it is through playing football. Mm. And I'm pretty sure Kobongo should have developed this as well as the sense of when you start overthinking things, you start going crazy. Mm. So sometimes you take it for what it is, look at it. Once you're done looking at it, let it go. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Whereas because of how you grew up mm. with always being the adult finger when stuff, e finger, e the adult figure mm. when stuff went wrong and you were the one that was left to take control and sort out the situation, that's where the overthinking comes. Whereas sometimes where you need to develop the, the mindset of, oh, that was messed up. It's an L. Let's just leave it. Let's move on. With that, I'll say is that I agree with that 100%. That's something I am working on. Sometimes I have an issue with it because my mind's wired like that. I would agree with that's a perfect way to capture it. I do overthink. It is an issue for me because I complicate stuff that shouldn't be complicated. Just the way my eyes see shit and my ears listen. Spent too many years listening differently. So it's hard for me to like shut off. That's why, like, for example, I'm always playing music because yeah. music helps me to shut my brain. Sometimes my brain is running too loud. I'm, I'm thinking too much. Too much, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of that, what I've always said is always go into every decision you make, no matter what it is, no matter how serious it is, always go into the decision of, I'm taking this decision, no matter what the outcome is, I'm sticking by it. Mm. So if I was to give you an example, let's say you bought a car and it's a risk because the guy selling you the car said, it doesn't have the best engine, mm. but it, it, it's working. Right now it's working, mm. but sometimes the engine might, it might fail you sometimes, mm. but right now it's working. For me, it's either you could, you could go into it two ways. You can go into it thinking, mm, I'm going to buy it, but then what happens if it breaks down? Or you can go into it thinking, look, I need a car right now. Mm. I'm going to buy this car. Mm. If it breaks down, it breaks down, but I'm going to buy this car. Now, once you buy that car, let's say two, three months down the line, it breaks down. Is there a point of you turning around now and saying, why did I buy the car? Mm. When you've already done, the damage has already been done. Mm. Or should you actually look at it and be like, I need to get a new car? Like, there's nothing else you can do about what's what's happened. You knew mm. it was a risk even before you made the decision. Mm. So when you knew it was a risk before you made the decision, you decided to go out of your comfort zone. Once you're out of your comfort zone, is there, there's no point of you now saying, ah, I should have stayed in my comfort zone because the point of going out of your comfort zone is to learn lessons. Yeah, but a lot of people forget that though. It's to learn lessons. A lot and I think people forget that what, what, what I've noticed, especially nowadays, is... And I would say, in terms of what Gid said, if we're going to go, let's go blow for blow, something I don't like about you is you don't come out of your comfort zone. Mm. 
Okay. And I don't like that because of the fact of you don't, you don't, you don't let yourself fully enjoy things because you don't want to come out of your comfort zone. You're quite guarded. Guarded. Which, if you go back to once again, you've had that from a kid, mm. so it's not something you just learnt now. You've mm. had it from a kid, so you're naturally just guarded. Mm. But the problem with that is, you become safe for every decision you make. Mm. And the problem with being safe for every decision you make is you don't make the best decisions sometimes. Because I can tell you 100% most of the people that are rich and are billionaires or millionaires, they took a risk to mm. get there. Mm. There wasn't something of they knew that I'm going to put this amount into this business and I'm going to be a billionaire. Mm. It was a risk. They said, look, I can put this amount in. What happened if it, it could fail? But they they done it anyway and it ended up happening. Mm. And that's the importance of coming out of your comfort zone and not having regrets of any decision you make. Because mm. you could think of it positive, you could think of it negative, but it's out of your control once the decision is made. The way I see it is just assessing the risk and rewards, really. Mm. Like, um, a lot of the time, obviously, the bad decision... Well, the decisions that we make now that ends up being bad, mm. we always look at it as something as negative. Mm. One thing that we have to understand as people is that the lesson can be learned as well within situations, mm. within predicaments. So like, let's use like a football term. Mm. You might have a deal at, let's say, Arsenal. Mm. You're earning 5k a week, mm. but you're a bench player. Mm. But then a, um, a League One team mm. might want you. Mm. You're earning two and a half mm. a week but you're playing week in and week out, you have to assess the two. Obviously, a lot of the times, people make decisions that's based on financial gains, mm. that's based on just development. Like, they always look to develop. Mm. Like, people don't always look to go down the road of just slow, steady improvement. Like, people people don't like to find themselves in situations where they've made decisions on something that has worked against them. Like, uh, like why is it that us as people... We deem we deem the 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 struggle or mm. the failed situation as 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 something that's just so bad. Like, why is that? Mm. See, see, with that, yeah. So, based on what you said, I'm wrapping up what them said. Personally, for me, I had a confidence issue initially. Okay. Yeah. So the confidence issue led to like a, a risk taking issue. So I played it safe. So I agree with PK. Like historically, I, I played it safe. So mm. I took certain risks, but I didn't take other risks. So for okay. example, I left my parents' house when I was 21 with 500 pounds that I had and 500 pounds that my sister lent me. I made that stretch for three months before I, I started reading up. Mm. That is a risk. Yeah. When I left there as well, I left the church. That was a risk. Yeah. The job that I took that I ran for five years, that was a risk. I take risks, but I agree with him in the sense of, you know, like thinking like the sky's the limit type shit. Mm. That wasn't me growing up. I'm not even going to pretend. Me growing up, the highest that I could think is get married and have kids. I didn't think past that. But why was the thought process so narrow? I wasn't happy. So because I wasn't happy growing up, I didn't think past 25. So I didn't think 80s, 90s. I didn't think of that. I just thought get married have kids and then just be someone's dad <laughs> if you know what I mean like, <laughs> yeah. so you didn't look at life further than that you didn't you didn't you didn't you didn't look Bro. into into what you wanted to do and things like that and nah. things you wanted to become and bro growing up yeah I had I did not dream 
as a youth, the environment I grew up in, I had to survive. So okay. because I had to survive, my creativity was incest. So the guardedness that he said is the, is the fact that the environments I grew up in, I'm being attacked everywhere at all times. Mm. So I just guide up. So I, I, I'm a world in myself. Mm-hmm. so when it comes to creativity that creativity is internal now when it comes to uh, projecting that externally then it comes a confidence issue a confidence issue in the sense of not being perceived nicely and overthinking shit so what both of them are, think, are saying not being too comfortable in my comfort zone and overthinking the combination of those two problems and other problems leads to that shit yeah, so when I yeah. pulled myself away yeah, I started doing counseling and shit. I, I told myself, I, I'm going to start shooting, which is why I'm doing all this shit now. Because mm, mm. I agree with PK. Man's 26. I'm, I'm young enough to take risks. If it flops, I can I can double that back. You have to. You, know I mean? you have to do it. You have to. I mean, that's one of the issues that a lot of people tend to always fall down in. Mm. No one ever wants to take risk where they take financial L's or say like two years down the line where you've invested so much into it and you mm. don't see the rewards. With that, one thing that I would say is that you have to always invest in the mind that you've people a lot of the time people tend to just people tend to just do things Mm. like they don't really think it through yeah like they don't really think it through like Mm. they don't really study it they just they look what other people do and then they copy it do you know what i'm saying they don't realize that you've got to invest into developing the mindset the mindset no but you see with that yeah even from young because i'm being brutally honest I grew, I grew up now. What like, do you mean? The handsomeness kicked oh. now. Yeah, yeah. When <laughs> I was younger, I wasn't really feeling that. So when I was younger, I was peeping where I could I have my advantage. So I decided to invest in the mindset thing young when it okay, came to like, okay, okay, reading okay. and shit I and getting my mind sharp. Yeah. But at that age, I didn't know, I didn't have a, a mature understanding of insecurities and mental health. So I overlooked that side. Mm. So I was book smart, but man's guarded and overthinker. Thanks for listening in. I'm your host, Ayoway. This has been the Vulnerability Diaries. Today, our, our guest has been PK, Gids, and King Cab. Thank you for the listen. I appreciate it. Part two of this conversation will be out soon, so you can look out for that. All the socials will be in the description. Peace and love.